the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back. 602-508-0960. I just, over the top of the hour break there, I, I, got an, I got an education. I got an education on neologisms. I, um, I was, you'll, I'll play you the audio shortly, but talking about this race in Virginia, governor's race in Virginia, where all the eyes are watching, I am... Um, I was I was thinking about if we pull this off, if 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 Youngkin pulls this off, if the Republican candidate wins, could this might this God please help us let this be the beginning of the Republican Party seizing control of education reform on a number of levels, on a number of levels. I spoke in the previous hour, uh, my monologue in the first uh, segment, about all of this and about what's transpiring in the school system in Virginia and might it translate into a political victory for common sense and conservatism and the Constitution. Three C's, common sense, conservatism and the Constitution. I hope it does. I hope it does. If it doesn't, we have a lot more work to do. If it does, we have a lot of work to do. But in doing so, I was watching uh, one of the heroes and one of the brave moms in Loudoun County, Virginia. Asra Nomani was interviewed this morning along with some other parents by Ainsley Earhart on Fox. And I'll get to it in a moment. We'll play it for you in a moment. I haven't watched a video in a long time, a news video in a long time that gave me chills. I can't remember the last one. This literally did. I sent it to people and I said, please, it, it, I, I don't usually do this, but it gave me chills. And I don't know if it will have the same effect on radio, but watching particularly one of the fathers in this video um, being interviewed this morning on Fox News. But Asra Nomani came loaded for bear, as she always does. In a gentle, in her typical gentle, typically gentle and calm way, and but God bless her. You know, Terry McAuliffe and the Democrats have been trying to tell you that critical race theory is not taught in the schools. And Osra Nomani came with the books. She came with the books taken out of Loudoun County schools. And I was looking up one of them, one of them, and it had it actually had to do with teaching children transgenderism or gender fluidity. And she held up a book. I, I, I did my own research. There are 17 popular ones aimed at kindergartners. Did you know that? Did you know that there were that many? Bill, did you know how many were aimed at kindergartners that were um, all about gender fluidity? You doubt me. I can give you the titles. Red, a crayon story. You can imagine how they do that. Red crayon thinking it should be blue. George... Jack, not Jackie, Morris Micklewhite and the Tangerine Dress, Julian is a Mermaid. Oh, here's one titled Neither, Sparkle Boy, When Aiden Became a Brother. That's an interesting one I'll spell, spend more time out. 
Jamie is Jamie. Uh, the She, He, Me, Free to Be book, I Am Jazz, and Phoenix Goes to School. We'll get into a little bit of it, but these are these are all aimed at kindergartners, all aimed at kindergartners. And I just had no idea there were that many. I knew of a few. In any event, I was looking up one of them, one of them, Gender Queer, a memoir. Now, arguably, it's not for kindergartners. This is This is for ninth graders. Okay, it's not kindergartners, but it's for 15 year olds. And um, I was reading the description on Amazon and I was confounded. I was confused. I found words I didn't know. Did you know this? Maybe maybe some of you are more woke than I am. Um, The author, Maya Kobabi, uses E-M-I-R pronouns, E-E-M-E-I-R pronouns. I've never heard of that. So I kept reading. In 2014, Maya Kobabi, who uses E-M-I-R pronouns, thought that a comic of reading statistics would be the last autobiographical comic E would ever write. At the time, it was the only thing E felt comfortable with strangers knowing about M, E-M. Now, genderqueer is here. Maya's intensely cathartic autobiography charts I-R journey of self-identity, E-I-R. Iyer journey of self-identity. I've never heard of this stuff. Have you? Now, it's one thing for the author to write whatever she wants in a free country. That's that's perfectly true. It's another thing maybe for the publisher to think it needs to be published. But it's yet a third thing for Amazon to go along with this non-English stuff on a U.S. Amazon website. So I Googled. I know I did. I used Google. I Googled. These words, I didn't know them. E-I-R, for example. And the first thing took me to the Center for Diversity and Inclusion at the Office of Campus Life at American University in Washington, D.C. $50,000 a year for tuition. The staff over there, no doubt it's a big staff at the Center for Diversity and Inclusion at the Office of Campus Life at American University – or if not a big staff, a staff with a lot of work, they put out a memo titled Pronouns, a Guide for the American University Community. Pronouns, a Guide for the American University Community. Now, you know whenever an organization at an institution like a college, a university, or a corporation does something, it's not the first draft by one person that is the result, right? Memos are sent, meetings are had, Zoom conferences no doubt took place, Edits were made, and they produced this document, which does not exactly tell me what E-I-R means, except that it's a non-binary pronoun often used by the transgender queer and gender non-conforming population. All right. So at least I know that it's a term that's non-binary often used by this population. But here's the asterisk that they actually put on this chart. They have a chart and there's an asterisk under the title, What Kind of Pronouns Could Be Used? This may be the worst asterisk in the history of asterisks. I'll read it to you directly. Quote, don't assume the gender of a pronoun, she, her, hers, because they are not female pronouns, and he, him, 
his are not male pronouns. That's what American University is teaching. He, him, and his are not male pronouns, and she, her, and hers are not female pronouns. Do we need to have a conversation about what constitutes a people and a country, a civilization and a society? Most people will start with a common language or at least a common understanding of the common noun, which would include the common pronoun. How do you have a society of any kind of civilization or civility or normalcy? How do you have a society that actually works and can engage with one another, teach and learn from one another, my God, communicate with one another, when no two people agree on the same dictionary? One of the beautiful things about the human condition, Harry Jaffa once taught, was the miracle of the common noun. If I say I'm sitting at a table to someone over the phone who can't see it, they have a pretty good idea of what I'm talking about, something with a flat top and a few to four legs. The design might be elusive or different than another design that one had in mind, but they have a general idea of what I'm talking about. I simply don't know how you go on in a world where the language has been so corrupted by the intelligentsia that we are now instructed, that's the word, that the words she, her, and hers are not female pronouns, and he, him, and his are not male pronouns. There's two things resultant from this effort, two things. One is get rid of all use of she, her, and hers, and he, him, and his. Get rid of it. Just stop using that and come up with a new language or a new set of pronouns, which seems to be what the case is. We now have the word E-I-R, whatever that means. I just – I'm still beside myself trying to figure it out. But that's replaced he, him, and hers or she, hers, and hit uh, – she, her, and hers and, and he, him, and his. That's replaced that. – that's one thing. Or the second thing, which I think is at the bottom of this effort, the second thing, which is at the bottom of this effort – Erase any distinction whatsoever because there's no point to the distinction between the binary option of male and female. We've already destroyed the binary option between truth and falsehood. That was destroyed a while ago. We're going to be destroying an awful lot of things. It reminds me of nothing so much of Ralph Waldo Emerson's phrase. The corruption of man follows the corruption of language. We're pretty – sorry. We're pretty corrupt. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. I guess we're used to reverse Mondegreens and songs. That's not so much present in that song by Simon and Garfunkel. It's present – Reverse Mondegreens, made-up words. It's present in a lot of other songs that we play here. Uh, All Night Long by Lionel Richie has a bunch of them. Uh, Jet by Paul McCartney has some. You, you, you know made-up words in songs. They're called Reverse Mondegreens. What do you do when you have Reverse Mondegreens in the English language? Made-up words. Made-up words. I'll tell you what happens. 
what happens is you start to lose the ability to function morally. You lose the ability to function morally because distinctions and binary choices no longer matter. Our world is based on those choices, including right and wrong and good and evil. This is why so many people in our movement were so opposed to relativism at the very start. We knew what relativism would lead to. We knew that relativism would lead to a form of asterisk or exceptional nihilism. By asterisk or exceptional nihilism, I mean that by thinking about America and its place in the world, though no place could be judged better than any other, it would in short order turn into every place is better than this one. That's what it turns into. It turns into making the good evil. It turns into making the just unjust. It turns into making the wrong right and the right wrong. It turns into no longer recognizing the truth at all. And that yields only, only the utopia of anarchy. And if you can find me one that has ever existed and didn't eat its children, let me know. Let me know. You know where that phrase, revolutions that eat their children, comes from? It comes from a French philosopher who was... Um, who was observing the dire consequences of the French Revolution in the 1790s, the consequences in the 1790s. And he said, like Saturn, every revolution eats its own children. Some people leave out the like Saturn part, but I read his book. That's what he says. Like Saturn, every revolution eats its own children. Do you know why Saturn? You can look it up. There are a lot of paintings of Saturn, the god Saturn, eating, devouring his children. Do you know why he did? Because it was ordained that his, well, a child of his, a child of Saturn's, would take him and wrest the throne from him. In other words, Saturn was made to be afraid of his children. Saturn was being made to be afraid of his children. Thus he devoured them, or Iyer devoured them. Saturn devoured them. He was afraid of them. The notion around that piece of art or that story of Roman myth is that that's not a good thing, actually. It's actually not a good thing to eat your children, and it's not a good thing for adults to be afraid of their children. What are the scariest movies? What are the scariest? Rick, call back. What are the scariest movies? Aren't they about children doing evil? Aren't they about children coming? Think of like children of the corn, things like that. 
Chucky, aren't they about children being made and turned into monsters whom adults end up fearing? Next time someone sells, we have to vaccinate our children. Not necessarily for them, but so that they can protect the teachers and parents. No two things. The first thing is a lie. Vaccination has nothing to do with spreading COVID to another. But the more important thing, and perhaps it applies more to masks than vaccines, the more important thing. Think about what society is doing. It is saying we adults are afraid of our children. And in so doing and getting us there, children must be afraid of themselves and their friends and their peers. We used to live in a world of Western civilization that thought it was not a good thing to be afraid of your children. And it comes from the Bible as much as it comes from Greek and Roman mythology, as much as it comes from every piece of work about family and youth in Western civilization. For those who fear their children will end up torturing them or, in the case of Saturn, devouring them. I just don't know how unhealthy a society this is that we've created and how people cannot see it. Do you join me in this, wondering how people cannot see it? I give these examples, not maybe every day, but a couple few times a week. And I have friends who email stuff to me and say, wow, can you believe this is happening? And the answer is yes, I can. And it's hard to be surprised by much anymore. But when someone hears the, one of these examples that I share with you or that a friend shares with me and I pass on to you, when someone who doesn't know about, that this is going on hears it, they often will express shock. How is this possible? How is this happening? This is insanity. That's the right reaction. That's the right reaction. The wrong reaction is not to be surprised. The wrong reaction is getting used to it. The wrong reaction is getting used to a world where good and bad, right and wrong, don't mean good and bad or right and wrong anymore. But if you want to know why these stories are hard to find in the major papers and on the major television and news shows, if you want to know why, it's because most people don't know this is going on, and when they learn of it, will be shocked. But you cannot castrate and bid the gildings be fruitful. You cannot remove the organs of society and demand the functions of it. We are well on our way to doing it. I hope Virginia is a backstop. I hope it's a front stop. It will not be the first time thoughts, thinking, and action from Virginia saved this world. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Um, oh, yes, this looks like fun. <laughs> Rick in Phoenix. Hi, Rick. 
Hey, Seth, how are you, friend? Fine. I saw you were up on the board and then hung up, and I thought, I wonder if he had a loss of nerve. Let me publicly shame him into calling back. <laughs> well, if I had, that would be okay, but I had to hang up to call 911. Oh. Uh, because you have been on fire, oh. brother. <laughs> and I wanted to send the police to, oh, no. I mean, the fire department yeah. over to. Seriously. We, we have arrived at a point in our life, C.S. Lewis writes, where in a flood, the world runs for the fire hoses. Uh, yeah, well, you're right about that. And, and I'll tell you what, Seth, I wish I could bottle up the last 10 minutes. Uh, that you gave seriously in all seriousness uh, that was just i i don't the know the about word the for binaries it. the 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 rights and wrongs yes yeah, yeah yeah the nose. And, and, how and our world is ruled by polar and... opposites uh, it, it used to be anyway yeah yeah uh you know the Polarities, thing of it is anyway. yeah Seriously, the reason I hung up was because I, I thought to myself, I can't say it any better than what Seth is. <laughs> Seriously, I really did. I, I mean, the last, I, I wish we could bottle it up and send it far and wide. Oh, you're kind. What, Thank what, you. it, what it reminded me of, Seth, was <clears throat> Michael Savage, you know, was a uh, radio uh, talk show host, pretty controversial, pretty wild. Oh, yes, I know of him, right, yes. Okay, he used to frequently say, liberalism is a mental disease. Uh. And, uh, I mean, I didn't listen to him a lot, but I listened to him enough uh, to, uh, to hear him say that a number of times. And it reminds me of a verse, a couple of verses in the Bible. Uh, in Romans chapter 1, verse 21 and 2, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened, and although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. Mm. I cannot think of anything, uh, aside from your uh, uh, from your paragraph there just a bit ago that describes exactly what you're talking about, describes the world that we're in. Mm. Things are just absolutely upside down and inside out, and you mentioned in that in that 10-minute uh, uh, instruction that, that this is a, uh, a, a spiritual uh, battle uh, to some degree, and I think that's right. I think that's what's going on. Uh, they're their foolish hearts have been darkened. Uh, you know, they're claiming to be wise, but it's just foolishness. You know, it's um, it's an interesting thing, Rick. Tease this out with me or think it out with me as, I, as I'm thinking about it for the first time with you. Yeah. This notion of the mental disease um, mm -hmm. and the philosophy. I don't know. I don't know if I'm quite on board with that concept yet. And I'll tell you why. Uh -huh. uh, I, I think I think two things. One, it removes volition. Just as when the different Scott Peck wrote a book. Oh gosh, what was it? It's not his famous one, "The Road Less Traveled." He wrote oh. another one okay. on the nature, uh, the people of the lie. He called. Oh it. yeah, yeah, the people right. of the lie. Yes, about the distinction that was fast fading, thanks to modern liberal education and the profession of psychiatry 
Yeah. Uh, where agency for doing the wrong thing could be diminished by simply chalking it up to a mental incapacity. Right. Right. That's mm-hmm. that's my. So so you take away volition and in fact responsibility mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. from I think too many if you simply chalk it up to a mental disease. But the, there's a that that that's probably the most important problem I have with it because I do think it's volitional and I don't want us to lose the notion that there are ideologies in this world that are noxious and deadly. Yeah. And yeah. not just brains, but brains that accept those ideologies, right. seemingly normal brains. Yeah. The other reason, and I'll go to break on it and let you respond on the way back. Okay. Is that it seems to me civilization has been too washed and drowned in taking people's political beliefs and turning them into psychiatric defects. The Soviet Union actually did this and called it philosophical intoxication. When you didn't think the right thing, you were insane. I was talking with some friends, <coughs> excuse me, about favorite cooking shows. And I said um, – that, that was Trisha Yearwood, by the way. And I said, I like Trisha Yearwood's cooking show. They all like these other cooking shows with all this healthy stuff. They were saying, no, all Trisha Yearwood cooks are these, you know, big heavy meals, you know, steaks and ribs and, you know, yes, yes, here we call that food. We call it food. I don't need another cooking show on how to make a strawberry salad. Rick, thank you, sir. Thank you for your patience. (laughs) Anyway, we were talking about mental disease and politics. Yes, but Trisha Yearwood is great. Uh, I would have thought, though, that your your favorite one would have been the Galloping Gourmet. I don't know the Galloping Gourmet, but I'm oh. already into it. Tell me oh about. Oh my the, goodness! Uh, <laughs> tell me about the Galloping Gourmet. Oh no, that was that was a show from a long time ago. Oh, am I embarrassing I was, myself? I don't remember. No, I'm embarrassing myself when okay. I was a youngster. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So talking about talking about mental disease, yeah. uh, I agree with you 100. percent Seth, that uh, anytime we remove responsibility, uh, uh, we're on the wrong track. Uh, there is, of course, a fine, well, I don't know how fine the line is, but there is a line. Uh, you know, I've heard people say that, well, if you murder somebody, you have to be crazy to murder right. somebody. And so they dismiss you know, all murder. Right. Well, that's, mm, sorry, that's right. not right. Right. Uh, so there is, and, and that verse that I that I read uh, uh, from Romans there uh, does kind of indicate, because it, it, the first thing it says is, for although they knew God, yeah. they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it indicates that they made a choice, and that choice led to the foolish thinking and uh, the the futility of their their hearts, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's what has happened um, in in large part to to uh, this business about transgender, uh, climate change. Uh, you know, the list just goes on and on and on. It, it's it's incredible how they have turn things on their head and and I can't think of any other explanation for it than that they just their their 
mental capacities to reason and to see the truth and to see what's real and what's not has somehow been uh, stunted or twisted or yeah. perverted. Well, let yes, yes, and let's talk about the result and let's talk about responsibility and agency with all that in mind for a moment. Yeah. Because I don't know if you're like me, but if I hear junk thought emanating from anyone under the age of 40, I'm most likely to forgive them. Yeah. Because they were taught no differently. They were taught yep. no better. Yeah. They were saturated in a world of woke theory. Right. Um, so I'll tell you, that is the project to create a new baseline, to create a new normal, to create a new threshold. Yes. And after a time, that becomes settled wisdom. That right. becomes acceptable commonality. Milan Kundera in his book on uh, laughter and forgetting says that the first step in liquidating a people is to erase its memory and destroy uh -huh. its books, its culture and history, then have somebody write new books, manufacture a new culture and invent a new history. Yes. That's how you liquidate a people and erase its memory. And Very if you're under 40, you have to be lucky not to have been subject to that. You have to be fortunate and exceptional not to have been subject to all of that. But if we think for a moment that the effort is not to write new books that manufacture a new culture and invent a new history, <clears throat> we're missing the boat entirely. Yes. That's exactly yes. what they're trying to do so that in another year or so – well, let me try it this way – in another five years or so – we will say anybody under 70 yeah, and yeah. excuse them, which yeah. is why right now anyone over 45 does or 50 should at least have been taught to know better, and the responsibility is on them. Right, right, yeah. Well, and that's why your, your monologue, you know, from a, a little bit ago is so – Powerful and so important, Seth, because it nails down those truths that must be known and understood for us to be able to continue in this great nation, but also for us to be able to correct the insanity, the craziness, the, the lies that are going on now. There are children's books that are being used in our schools that are literally titled The Less Police, The More Safe. Yeah. I heard you, I heard you talking about the ones... That's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the most innocent of them. Yeah. That's yeah. the most innocent of what I was talking about or wanted to talk about. Um, and, and, and I, and I got to tell you, you 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 plant this into people's heads and you then wonder what kind of justice is going to result the right. kind that redefines crime yeah. some things are no longer crimes yeah. if you steal something that's $900 rather than $1200 you will not be arrested in California for example yes yeah so what happens Crazy. is five walgreens have to close and right. Safeway has to curb its hours. But my only point here is that that's becoming, if not arrested, the new normal. Yeah. And I'll tell you what flows from that. 
when you no longer care about truth and you care about my truth and you no longer care about a distinction between just and unjust or right and wrong or good and evil, when you get rid of all these binaries, Rick, you tell me. You tell me how any jury in any court anywhere is going to adjudge guilt or innocence. Right. right. Exactly right. Exactly right, Seth. The first thing that will go in this society is justice. Yeah. Yeah, and and has. Yeah. I mean, we're already seeing some of those consequences. Seth, bless you, brother. Uh, you are are hitting on such a vital and important subject in dealing with this, and I I just can't thank you enough for uh, bringing it to light, bringing it to the fore, and for talking with me here for a little while. I'll talk with anyone who's interested, Rick, and I love talking with you. I love learning from you. I really do. Um, But, you know, everything is fair game, and you never know what's going to hit someone. I I made a passing comment about cooking shows, and, of course, in this segment I got ten emails about what I said about cooking shows and how I don't need one more on how to make a strawberry salad. I need more on how to make a crown roast. <laughs> you made my day with the comment about strawberry salad. One of our smart listeners emails me. All right. It's a big country. Whatever moves you, we're here for you. We'll be right back. Coming on the show in a little bit, we're going to have an acronym fight. That's okay. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to get some of this audio to you. And uh, there's really this only moment to do it. Ainsley Earhart on Fox meeting with some parents from Virginia this morning, sitting together. Her first one she's talking to is Asra Nomani, who's just been a power. I've known Asra for 20 years on a lot of her work, but here she is with issues in Virginia. Is CRT in our schools? I'll start with you. Asra right here has been on our show a lot. Look at her shirt. It says Mama and Papa Bear Movement. Asra, is CRT in the school? Yeah, these are our revolutionaries. I mean, these are the amazing, brave parents that should inspire everyone. You weren't involved before, right? No, I wasn't. Two years ago, I didn't even know any of my school board members. Mm -hmm. And then they came after my son's school. They came after the idea of merit and the American dream. And I came here as a four-year-old girl from India believing in the American dream and This is what they say is taught in law schools, critical race theory. But, thank you, in our little show and tell, I'll show you, A is for activist. This is the book that then becomes what our children get in our school systems. And you can see here, Ainsley, this subtle image of a militant. And this is what they are turning our children into, militants. Are these books that are in our classrooms here in Virginia? They are in Virginia. Woke baby, gender queer. This is where they then start messing with issues of sexuality. Not my idea, where they literally have said that whiteness is a deal with the devil. Wow. And so what you have is whiteness is a bad deal as a concept mm-hmm. and then a contract with the devil. Mm-hmm. And so what these brave parents have done is they have stood up. And I just hope that everybody watching just sees that courage is contagious and that they too stand up. We hear about these books, but I don't think I've ever seen them held up and realize the age groups that they're targeting. Yeah. Osra's, uh, she started Parents Defending Education. Her son graduated from Fairfax. And you have just been, you've been so outspoken. And thank you for standing up the for The next these. person that speaks is, a, is an African-American gentleman who speaks beautifully and it gives you chills perhaps we can get into more of it a little bit later 
Um, but the point is, yeah, they're coming by starting with the children. Nothing new here in a totalitarian effort. But what is new here is that people are finally waking up and saying something about it and educating others who have been just swimming in the water thinking it's just fine. It's not just fine. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 